What's up, guys? Welcome to the Zenfluence Podcast. This is Jeremy here. So before we jump into this episode, I want to just give you context because this one was very unique to me and very, very helpful, honestly. Um, so this podcast is a roundtable podcast, and it's about the idea of opening up the heart. It's a, it's an interesting question. What does that question mean? I still don't know but this was a powerful experience for me. And really the reason why I wanted to have this conversation is because I wanted to put a group of men from different ages, from different backgrounds, from different experiences, people who maybe are more philosophical, people who have uh, different faiths and backgrounds, people from different countries, from Japan, Australia, from the UK, from California, that's not a country, that's a state, but from Canada and the US, and really talk about this topic. You know, we have people from the military, people from that are young, people that are old, people that are fighters, people that are students, people that are um, coaches and et cetera, um, people that are in sales and tech, right? All different types of people into a room and really talk about what it, because I've always looked at the, I've always looked at the heart as a very powerful part of our bodies in a very powerful sense that we can live our lives in an intuitive way. We can follow our passions. We can use it to heal. We can use it to grow. We can use it to just sort of take in the magic of the world. And, you know, I've always grappled with this question of, you know, what does it mean to follow your heart? What does it mean to open your heart? What does it mean to live life in sort of a loving sense? And, um, you know, I like conversations that are open, that are natural, that I don't necessarily know where this will flow. I had no idea where this conversation would go, um, but it was interesting to me and it was very helpful and I wanted to share it with you guys. So for the 100th episode of the, Zen, of the Zenfulness podcast, uh, this is a round table on what it means to open up the heart. And I wanna do more episodes like this. I'm gonna do more round tables and just put stuff out there, put different ideas out there you know, have different types of guests from different ranges, different backgrounds, and people that you guys find helpful or that you guys can relate to. So yeah, that's just the context going into this episode. So we start with some introductions um, so you can get a brief intro of each person. And then we really dive into the, dive into the discussion on what it means to follow your heart or open up your heart. So hope you guys enjoy it. I will see you guys in the podcast. I'll talk to you guys soon. Right on. Um, cool. My name is Kevin Utley. Uh, my brand name is Aquavision, uh, which has honestly evolved into so many different things over the past like five years. But within myself, just in music, spirituality, philosophy, uh, these things have been things that I've harbored since I was really young. You know, like even the age of like five, six, tugging on my my dad's pants, like, like, who's God? What's God? What's the nature of us? Why are we here? A lot of big things. Um, and I'd say um, in my 20s, I really started to get into meditation, um, a light bit of breath work, psychedelics, um, and amongst like hiking in the Sierras, which I'm, I'm from California, by the way, um, 
I, I, I begin to really dive into the mystical realm of, of just nature and our connection to, to life. And um, that further uh, deepened when my wife and I moved to uh, Yosemite National Park in 2017, no, 2015. And we spent a few summers there consecutively going back and forth from the Central Valley. And um, prior to all that, I should preface, um, I was deeply involved in a lot of different musical forms, um, hip hop probably being the one that I'm most saturated in as of like the last decade, uh, producing, rapping, singing, songwriting. Um, and that's a, a core of what I do within my home business. And then that's sort of bled over into coaching now, um, both on the technical skill-based side with music, but then also into the more philosophical, personal, spiritual coaching, which I took uh, from Near Edge, the lead that he sort of brought into my life. And I'll touch base on that a little bit more in just a second. Um, but anyways, I got into rock climbing uh, when I was living in Yosemite Valley, just working regular random jobs that I'd find there. Um, and so I think I really begin to deepen what the definition of what meditation meant to me. Um, just combining breath, um, connection to the moment in heart, mind, and um, I guess just sort of an interconnectedness of what it, what it means to be a human in, in the moment. Um, and just from putting yourself into like these treacherous situations, which are in a lot of ways, you're hoping to find like maybe some state of zen or calm because um, you don't want to die. Um, but at the same time, you feel really invoked to move beyond that measure because you know that it's it's the full extension of you expressing yourself in the moment. So it's 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 really fun. Um, but yeah, um, between that um, and psychedelics, which I would love to, we can dive into that because that's a whole different deep realm of discussion too. Um, over the last few years, I've gone through a lot of loss. Um, I lost my mother in 2018, very unexpectedly, um, to a tragic fall she had. Um, then I lost my father two years later, almost to date, like within like the same week of. Um, and during both these times, a lot of people that I knew who had moved and lived and worked in Yosemite, that we were all kind of like a close niche circle of people, um, a lot of their parents started passing and transitioning on in that same week or around that same week each time one of my parents passed um, about three months after my father passed which was like the height of covid in 2020 he didn't have covid um, but it was right around that time um, about three months later a really close friend of mine who, who i like really grown close with up in yosemite valley um, had also passed uh, from falling and missing a jump on a cliff and um, i feel like I've always been really curious in like the bigger picture, how things are connected, et cetera. Um, but it really began to deepen um, out of necessity uh, from all of these really shocking events in my life. Um, so yeah, I hope to dig more into, you know, talks about the subconscious, um, dreams, electromagnetism, mythology, shamanism, sacred geometry, um, and whatever else you guys bring to the table. I'm, I'm really excited. And uh, thank you, Jeremy, for, for having me here. I tried and brave, it's a pleasure to comma, you all. chrome, comma, and edge, period. I sent screenshots in the emails, period. It's not working for me. Absolutely. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. Um, yeah, so I, 
my name is Ray. Um, I actually can relate to you, Kevin, in a way in that um, in, in, you, in you found something that you said you could relate to or uh, you can actually like it's a form of meditation, climbing, right? Um, and I found that for me, for me, instead of climbing, it was fighting. So I started MMA fighting a bit over a year ago. And I, f I feel like it's my true calling in life. And I have a natural like talent in it, purpose in it. And I have like a very big mission that I need to accomplish in the sport um, in order to inspire millions of people to like follow their heart and follow their dreams. Um, so yeah, I could definitely relate to you, Kevin. And, and that's, that's inspiring to me. So um, yeah, right now I'm just on the path to that. Um, I actually had a, a U or MMA fight um, on Saturday night. It was my first one. And uh, if you check my Instagram, I can send it out later. I put I posted the fight. Um, I did technically lose the fight due to uh, disqualification. I hit my opponent in the back of the head, but uh, I was winning the fight. So I take it as a win and a lesson. So, um, but yeah, that's my journey right now. I um, grew up in Calgary, regular life, um, went to university, worked a regular job after university at the TD Bank, and then I uh, decided to quit everything at like 22 and pursue professional poker. And I did that for about three years. And I traveled around uh, the US, like Vegas, Montreal, um, Edmonton, um, and it was a crazy experience. In Toronto, I played a bunch of underground poker games as well. Uh, very high stakes and like pretty risky stuff. And I learned so much uh, during that during that time. And it definitely, I believe everything happens for a reason. And I did start MMA late at 27 years old, but I do think like the mental fortitude that I, um, and spiritual growth that I've, uh, in, in the past like four or five years has helped me, you know, MMA and uh, yeah. I want you guys to watch my fight and just, yeah, it, it, it shows in, in the fight. I feel it was my first fight and I felt like it was like my 50th fight almost. So um, yeah, that's my story. <laughs> okay i can go next uh yeah um i can relate to you right uh you go. just like in the same way uh i actually um i fought done mma and like boxing for uh when i was younger but this year i'm like getting back into it and i want nice. to do my first fight this year so i'm looking forward to that nice so that's, that's inspiring awesome. man that's that's yeah. awesome cheer we'll do that i'm actually the same you're 28 yeah yeah i'm 28 too so dude that's so crazy how we're like <laughs> same exact same thing like yeah, yeah it's just self-belief totally. it doesn't matter age is just a number right yeah totally that's awesome well anyways yeah yeah my, my name's keith um I've been friends with Jeremy since we were uh, little kids. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just excited to be here with you guys, honestly. Um, when he asked me to do a podcast, 
you know, we've, we've done lots of stuff in the past and you know, it's always a pleasure to be here. And it's interesting just the kinds of people that, uh, that you're able to meet. And, uh, this is, this is a testament to that, you know, just so many people here and, you know, us communicating and corresponding from other side, other side of the world, which is pretty cool. But, um, yeah, my background, um, just, uh, you know, I, I would definitely describe myself as just like a free thinker and like entrepreneur and just kind of, you know, out of the box type deal, just kind of, that's what it's always been. I think Jeremy can attest to that, that, uh, you know, just when everyone kind of said, go left, I went right. And, uh, just learned a different way than other people. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely better for it now being, you know, going into my thirties, you know, something that my dad told me when I was younger is that, uh, people aren't really themselves until they're 30. And it's funny that Jeremy mentioned that to me the other day about me telling him about it. And, uh, I, I've been, you know, he only told me that a few years ago and it's given me a lot of thought and just, uh, you know, being 28, going into the, your thirties and just, you finally, you, you know, you poked around for 20 or 28 years and only now just kind of figuring out who you're going to be for your like real adult life in a sense. Right. So me, myself, like entrepreneur, um, but also just, you know, always adventurer as well. And, uh, you know, obviously that's led me a lot of cool places just recently being in Australia and, you know, I like to spend a lot of time outdoors and stuff like that. But, uh, I remember me and Jeremy, we used to skateboard as kids and do lots of cool stuff like that. And, uh, now that's led to me having a career. Um, I mean, mainly in marketing, but also now in real estate, you know, in all sorts of different countries and, uh, that's sort of you know, the progression, just a kid from Canada and then just growing out and exploring the world and that, so. All right, so who do we have left? We got uh, Niraj and Logan and Yosho. And we can kick this off. Um, All right. I guess I'll go first, or no, you go, you go. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you, you go, you go. All right, thanks. Um, my name is Neil Shoumuning. I, I'm uh, from Japan. I was born in Morocco and moving around in uh, UK and France, United States, different countries, and. I, I settled down in Kyoto for a while, but uh, I just moved out from the Kyoto two days ago. And I just moved to uh, the, by the, by the lake and it feels good, but it's cold, it's snowing outside. And, uh, but it's nice, it's, it's very secluded and uh, I'm having a very uh, pleasant life in here. And I've been practicing Qigong for 
30, over 30 years of studying the Chinese Kung Fu and Qigong and meditation at the age of 16. And um, I've been teaching this uh, uh, meditation and Qigong for 20 years. And I've been uh, working as a therapist for 25 years. And a few years ago, I had an experience. And now I am teaching the, the path to enlightenment. And uh, I'm teaching meditation as well. And that's why I'm connected with Josh and we are having a very good time. The last few months are fantastic. We have meeting every week and um, we're having a great time. And I'm appreciated to, to be here to connect with you guys. And um, it's already, uh, I feel, I'm feeling a very good vibration. Uh, about the heart, about the opening of the heart, I, um, I, I'm teaching the method to get into the center of the heart. And in the center of the heart, there is a like a dome, like space. It's a huge space. You can feel the the air inside. So when you go into the the heart chakra. And you will find the what we call heart of the heart. And there's a space. And you can feel you are sitting or standing in that huge cave. And it feels very good. So uh, this is uh, also I want to uh, introduce the, the experience and the method to all of you. Thank you. All right, so we got uh, or Niraj and Logan left. Come on, Logan, that's you, bro. All right, all right. Uh, my name's Logan, I live in Calgary. Um, I've been meditating for maybe around six years. I've uh, read a lot of philosophy. I've read a lot of the sutras, and I've practiced a bunch of different methods, um, from Dzogchen to Zen. And um, I do a lot of philosophy. And right now, I'm a mathematics student at University of Calgary. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything. That's me. Hey everybody, my name is Neeraj, good to see you guys again. I'm here in California with Mr. Kevin, and uh, I'm excited to join this group and see what happens today. It could go a lot of different ways, and the heart is an interesting thing. You never really know what's going to happen, but uh, when you enter that space, only good things happen, so I'm excited.
as far as myself, uh, a little bit of a younger cat, 21 years old here on the earth plane. And I like, I like figuring out how things work, like in a really obsessive way. I, I really want to know how things work. My Instagram handle is the great connector because I like to connect dots between things, connect dots between science and spirituality, linear and nonlinear thinking, you know, practicality versus spirituality, higher and lower dimensions, connect the chakras, connecting emotions to thoughts and to your body, and really just finding formulas for how things work. So eventually the vision is to teach the world how to attain enlightenment or self-knowledge and selfhood through whatever language that they speak. Everybody here is a little bit different. Everybody has a little different style of doing things. But whatever that style is and however you want to leave your print and make your mark on the world, however your mentality works, there's a way to ascend the path forward into ascension, into enlightenment, into being. And I want to be able to describe every single path that there is. And I can't do that alone, but I know that's my life's work, is to figure out how everybody, no matter where they are in their journey of life, whether they are aware of it or not, they can look on some kind of map, model that we've built out, and they can point themselves, I am here. And for me to grow, I need to take one of these several routes to my next step and from there on forward onward and onward and eventually you want to build school teach the kids the future to learn the things we're learning now so that they don't have to start at a disadvantage and they can already come out the gate kicking if this is us right now and this is what we know and what we figured out i can't imagine what it would be like if as a kid we all had the tools that we do now and the ones that we're going to learn if we had people that understood the game of life and how to play it and then how we could all do this together that sounds fun and i feel like that's just the thing to do so that's where it's going and um right now i work as like a personal mentor like a life coach but i'm transitioning around into relationship coaching i've been with my girl for about six years and could get married next year and opening the heart is a really really big deal because i was the guy that kind of tried to mental think reason like logic my way into everything and i do a really good job of making spirituality logical but the thing is when it comes to the heart it's not a dimension that you could access through the mind alone it's not a dimension that you could access through thinking and practicality only it's like there's no steps to being into your heart you must just go there it's like a shift in your vibration you just have to be in your heart and that's something that's always a choice you know you can always do that and sometimes we can get caught up. I know I do a lot more. Getting caught up in the how of doing things or the why rather than just being in love, loving myself. And that just being my baseline vibe. So that's what I'm doing right now in my life beyond anything else is really just anchoring into my being and my presence consistently without any if, ands, or buts or prerequisites. Nothing comes before it. I don't need to achieve anything before it. I can just be here now. So I'm, I'm interested to have the conversation. I know it's going to be good. Thanks for Absolutely. And, and once Rajan and, and uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to kick things off. And my name is Jeremy. And I guess I just wanted to uh, really just talk about opening up the heart and, and what that means. And um, yeah, like I, I know each and every one of you guys through um, just various means. And I just thought like getting us all in a room and talking about this idea, I don't know where it would lead. And I guess I have a first question for you guys. So, so what does it mean to open up the heart? Like, what is that? I think it means um, like surrendering in a way. I think it means completely surrendering to the moment, to the present moment. And um, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to mention like when uh, Neosho said the heart is an empty space like in the center, I didn't know that. And when I took DMT for the first time, I, f I was in that room of just empty space and it felt like amazing. And like, I was like, I never felt anything like it. And now I'm in total sense. Like it makes complete sense. Um, I almost wanted to interrupt you at that time, but I was like, I'll just wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it means like surrendering to the moment. I think that opening the heart is less of a an opening of the heart, like a like an open, more than like a shift, you know. When I was trying to open my heart for a long time, I really thought that it was the idea of like opening, because when you do get in there after so many years of it being closed up or not being fully functional, it does feel like it's getting cracked open. It feels like it's getting cracked open and it wants to latch back shut again crack open and get lashed back shut again. So I totally get that analogy. But I find these days that it's less about opening as much as it is a shift into that vibration and into that energy. So it's more like putting your being, becoming aware of your heart. And it's always there, just like all of our chakras, it's always there. It's just about where our, our attention is. And if you can place your attention in your heart, not just physically, but in that space, where that energy resides, then you can function from that place. Yeah. Yeah. I think love is like our, it's it's a pure source energy. And once you relieve yourself from the ego and anything that, you know, any vibrations that keep you down, then you can be your true self, your true form your true vibration, which is love. And that's just, that that is literally everything. Yeah. I think the heart is the center of manifestation of this world. So it has a, it has a drive. It has a, a primordial power to create this world. So we all have our souls and the soul creates the heart. It's like a, a one dot, but it expands to this world, this reality. That's what I feel about heart. So opening the heart is to believe in that power and 
release the energy from the source so that we can feel this world and also emanate the vibration from that heart. That's what I think. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot to th think about there. Like, I'm curious. Like, Kevin, what what do you think on this? You're muted. Sweet. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> so I think, in the most like, I'd have to say most relatable context. I think that it it's in relation to definitely touching on what uh, Ray said with like surrendering really every, everything you guys are saying, like I can totally relate to in different ways. Um, but yeah, I think it has to do with realizing the nature of like creation as well as destruction. Um, so the, the seemingly opposable forces, um, and that's through the, like you know the beautiful expression and impressions of life as well as the decay and the, the loss of life or the, the perceptual loss of life and i think that where those two collide um is where i've found that stillness i think in a lot of ways of what neosho is talking about um or the vibrational shift that niraj is talking about um and i think it's that source energy that ray's talking about and um and i find that that seems to relate to what we call electromagnetism in a certain way and i know the heart's identified as an electromagnetic organ in a lot of ways too and um in my experience um what i early felt on from like certain traumas early on in my life and then even ones in like my teenage years dating etc and going through the gains and losses of that within love the highs and the lows um finding that yeah that that sense of awareness that rides all of it you know is ever present right like it's it's going through all these modalities all these shifts of feeling all these shifts of thinking but amidst it it's it's a stillness it's it's like a like that that see that big openness like Neosha was talking about that big space that just seems to just infinitely cascade in all directions if you if you really feel within on that deep level and um in my experience after um taking on coaching from from Neeraj and then getting into the power of awareness by, by Neville Goddard um I really begin to realize that um yes we do create from that space um because all of our thoughts where we th oftentimes think we're residing maybe a lot of people do commonly I know I did for a really long time and I still do at times where I really identify with the thought patterns and like the framework the mechanics of life and the way I'm projecting it perceiving it um, when you move back into that space of just being, uh, you realize that the, the thoughts proceed from that space. And then also, in fact, all the things that you interpret and witness around you in, in your waking day are, are, are very interconnected in very strange and mysterious ways with, with the heart. And um, so we do totally manifest from that state, um, both from the inside within how we know, come to know ourselves and interrelate with those that are seemingly outside of us, as well as I believe, um, outer events occurring. I believe those things are very symbiotic 
with the particular feelings and sensations that we're holding within the heart. And I think opening the heart is maybe like a, to me, is a, is a, is a way by which you, you can feel and um, reside within sensation and, and almost like riding the waves, so to speak, versus trying to, um, you know, build a framework and try to control how things are going to situate you sort of surrender, like, like Ray was saying into what what is and you realize that you're a lot bigger than just maybe your thoughts or your your physical body, you know, but you begin to almost bleed into the whole picture of what you experience. And to, I think to identify with that is is to open the heart from from what I've experienced. Yeah, and, and I find that super interesting. Like, <clears throat> this, the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, like, how does someone even open their heart? And like, because because now that we sort of know what, what it is, but like, is there like a process to open it? Because I, I think me, Raj, you were saying that it's like a shift in, it's a shift in like your vibe. But like, is that something that you consciously do? Or is there like a technique? Or is it just you sort of stumble into that, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think, uh, I think it, it comes down to like following your heart, which is like kind of ironic, but, um, you have to like follow what you enjoy doing and through that you'll enter higher vibrations and in the flow state, um, and that will transcend you and that'll open your heart basically. So yeah, I think it's very simple. It's just following like what you're drawn to, but that's also, you have to de-shit, you know, shut out all the, all the, you know, negative beliefs that you have about yourself in order to really find out what that is. And once you shed off those layers, you can really, you know, see what it is and then follow it. And then, ride that wave basically. Yeah, I was I was gonna say that Logan, are you still there? Keith, yeah I am. He just keeps talking but he's busy. Yeah Keith's oh, I think you're muted. Sorry, yeah yeah I was muted. Was there something you were saying? Oh, no, it's all, all good. Oh, no, feel, feel free to share, man. No, no, I, I didn't want to want interrupt. Um, so I, I was going to say that in uh, in Buddhism, there's this concept of uh, metta, right? Which is the Pali word for uh, loving kindness. And it's, it's that warm feeling that you get, that benevolence you get when you interact with other people or you do things with people that you cherish and it's just that sort of that warm open expansiveness that we find in our lives right and there there's specific kinds of meditation where you consciously practice bringing loving kindness up to like the forefront of our consciousness and I think through doing that you end up encountering a lot of resistances for why you wouldn't like why you, why you're keeping your heart closed and through that process of deliberately trying to 
bring love and kindness up to the forefront of your uh, of your consciousness of your mind um you can you can encounter a lot of the reasons for why you would want to keep your heart closed in the first first place and through that process you can transform yourself into being more loving more uh kinder gentler person Yeah. So something you said there, you said like there's a reason to have your heart closed. Like, what do you mean by that? Well, I think I think a lot of people have felt like they've been burned by life, right? You know, you can you can be in a place where you feel like if if you get betrayed by somebody who trusted you, that can stick with people for a long time. Or, I mean, psychoanalysis tells us this: like our early early childhood experiences end up having like. A disproportionate impact over the course of our lives to such a degree where we hold on to traumas that we're not even consciously aware of anymore. and just like this this general picture of ourselves that we've compiled over time from how people treat us i think that can lead us to uh living a more shallow existence where we kind of keep ourselves constrained and we keep ourselves closed in because we feel like maybe we don't deserve to be happy I want to add on to that, Logan. Um, you don't deserve to be happy or that I don't want to be happy because it's only a matter of time until it's taken from me. So it's like, I'd rather be heartless than have my heart open than have that gut wrench be torn out and then put back and then be closed again over and over. You know, then it's like, at this point, I'm just hurting myself. So let me just not open my heart at all because it would just be stupid to keep doing that. And then that thought pattern can run you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's like, like that's... I think I think that's samsara. I think that's... Yeah, I think that's like probably the main reason why like so many people have their heart chakra closed. And it's because of like the traumas that they experienced where their trust was completely taken from them by someone else. And that's like the most painful thing you can ever experience. And that's, and it's, that's why people are scared to open up their heart again. But I think it takes true courage to open it up again and let, you know, someone in or let yourself in actually for, for true self-love. And then once you can get to that point, you can experience it with someone else. Well, what I believe is uh, the heart is already open from the time we are born. But we can cover it because there's a hardness in life. And there's a way to, to feel the power of the heart is to step in back towards the center of the heart. Uh, to do that, we have to know the structure of our heart and soul. We have our body and there are chakras and it's a physical energy center. And we can get in from the heart chakra towards non-physical heart. And there's a way 
it's like a stepping back during the meditation. And if you can step in back to the center of the heart, you'll feel the space or you'll feel the, the expansion, the energy, the power. And I think it helps to, to leave it on, leave the energy flow because the energy is so, so strong and amazing. It's an amazing power. So once you feel that, uh, I think we all want to leave it on forever. I would like and to, I, I like that you bring up oh thank you bro I appreciate that I want to back up what Neosho said that there is a structure to the heart <clears throat> to the body to the chakras that if you just don't know it you're playing a losing game it's like trying to do something without knowing the rules of that game or trying to navigate a building without a map and as far as structure goes, I found that you can actually access the heart as a, a, a byproduct of doing certain things. For example, one of those is like doing certain types of breath work to move the breath and the heart chakra corresponding with the air element. You can, you can move the, the air in your body in a certain way. You can develop your musculature. For me, I really got into my heart by first getting grounded in my root chakra in my physical body so that I could actually house and ground the immense energy that comes from your higher centers. Cause all that like trauma energy and all that, I don't feel comfortable doing this energy, the anxiety that can be alleviated if your energy has a proper grounded channel. So that's your physical body, a strong physical body, like strong muscles, a developed chest, a good mind muscle connection a strong back, strong hips, legs, arms, groin. These things, they will take the energy, the emotion, and also the raw energy, which is like physical energy too. It's not just spiritual energy, it's physical. You can take that and you can embody it and feel it and feel more contained rather than feeling like, okay, I'm about to have a identity collapse or a traumatic release right now. So the stronger your physical body is, I feel like you can house and handle higher degrees of energy. So that's how I was able to move into my heart is by developing the other centers, like the root chakra. Yeah. That's really cool. I have something to add on to that. Um, so what I found in my experience, definitely uh, very related to what you were saying as far as getting physically active, um, engaging all the muscle groups of the body, sort of building an interconnected consciousness and mindfulness of like heart, mind awareness of all of that. Um, but early on, prior to ever experiencing that and integrating that in more of a grounded approach, um, all of the things you talked about in relation to like trauma or nervousness, I found that those can also act as really good starting points to get us connected to maybe that light within or that the, the nature of that power within um, through sobriety, as well as when I've been in psychedelic journeys, specifically on uh, psilocybin with mushrooms. Um, I've entered meditations where, you know, 
at first I was feeling the onset, just turbulence of the trip. But you could connect that to any sensation in life when you're just feeling troubled or you're feeling depressed or you're feeling set back or scared. Um, but for me in the, in the psychedelic trip, it became represented as a very visual and dark chasm. And it was um, very treacherous and scary. Um, it did not have a dialogue. I wasn't thinking about negative things. I wasn't thinking about anything related to traumas, no narrative. Um, but it's just an overwhelming sensation of just constriction and pain and suffering and just scariness, the biggest, scariest shadow you could ever imagine in yourself. And then I sat with it and I, I breathed, breathed in through my nose and I, and I sat with it and, 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 and using it almost like a stimuli as like a center point focus, similar to like a flame or a candle. If you've ever meditated on that or a sound of the bird chirping, I was able to use the pain, use the suffering, um, to render an immense light, uh, within. Um, and I saw it through my, I guess what I would call my peripheral vision internally. Um, cause as I moved my physical head, um, I would not see that light, but when I would enter the breath and I would um, go back into, uh, just feeling whether it was pain or, you know, which eventually culminated into what I call love and what I think a lot of people call love, um, it, that, that it was really systemic from the same source and the same energy. And it was a lot like Nyosha was saying, it seems like it's like a primal nature that's already open to begin with. And we, we sort of build uh, like a dam to a river, you know, and so there might be some flow still of that water or that energy or that light going through. Um, and if we, and, and, and it's even being channeled as nervousness or as I can't or ego or whatever we want to call it. And I think that by using that, just that identity, that overwhelming sense, if it's good, if it's bad or whatever, um, we can almost find a way back home to where like that energy is truly pouring out of, which I think is more of like our, our that's like home base, you know, spiritually. Yeah, there is that. That was a lot to take in. I think um, I agree. I think yeah, it, it's just fascinating listening to everyone's opinion. Like even the fact that um, like if it's already open and it's already flowing, and like almost like this idea that traumas block it. Um, yeah, like I, I just find that very interesting. But even the the thing that you were saying, um, Yuraj, where like a strong body can like help you open open your heart. Um, but I'm curious, like Keith, like what do you think on this? Uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just was thinking about a few things that were said, and you know, I've just thought that, uh, yeah, it really just starts inwardly before anything happens outwardly per se, right? So I was just reflecting on that. And, uh, you know, obviously what we're able to bring to the world outwardly, the vibration, and just, you know what I mean? I think that just really starts from channeling inwardly and just, you know, kind of bridging the gap between like your conscious day to day and then what's your 
kind of what what what's going on with your heart and kind of bridging the two right so yeah i just think that uh if if you're trying you know i I don't know specific techniques to 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 do that like you know some people were mentioning but you know i know just for myself that um you know just being able to spend time alone is a first step for a lot of people in the modern world like you know it's normal for everyone here but i know that for some people that i speak to like just even just being able to reflect inwardly is like a first step for a lot of people so um i know that a lot of pieces come from that for myself and i think that uh it's it's like your relationship with yourself in in like a deeper way than than maybe the words would prescribe but yeah that's my opinion Yeah, and then I know Logan, you mentioned something about uh, samsara. Like, what, what 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 do you mean by that? So I mean, it's I guess it's just this concept that's in a lot of Eastern religions, right? And uh, especially in Buddhism. And were you, have you have you started working your way through um, the Zen teachings of Bodhidharma by chance? Uh, so, so I started reading a, a little bit of it, but not like me. I'm maybe about a few pages in, like five or six pages in <clears throat> okay so that's fair and like that book what it talks about there's this quote from the book which is that um uh the mind that creates samsara is the mind that creates nirvana right and so like in buddhism there's this idea that um we're we're beings that are trapped in samsara because we have cravings and our cravings lead us to act in ways that are uh, counterproductive towards our own interests, towards our own best interests. And so because of our desires, we're stuck, we're stuck in a, like a causal loop of suffering. And um, one of the ways that we're supposed to escape that is through like the practice of an open heart. And I mean, it depends what specific uh, doctrine you're looking at from within Buddhism, but in general, there's this idea that like the selfishness and the cravings that we have are going to lead us into lives that are filled with more suffering rather than less. And being in a place, and the opposite of samsara, of course, is like if you can escape your desires, you achieve, you know, moksha or enlightenment or nirvana. And um, it's often described that being on the path towards nirvana requires having an opening, uh, requires having having an open heart, right? And it requires like a will of compassion to want to to see the suffering not just for you but for every other sentient creature on in existence and you know that's that's one of the the first steps on our path to buddhahood is is the you know the the desire to end suffering not just for yourself but for everybody yeah and i think that's interesting because i remember um yeah logan would say that like he he would do this you would do this prayer where you would like pray for like other people in the world and you said like that helped you become like more of like a loving person and, and like I'm, I'm curious to like i thought i always thought that was very interesting whenever when, when you brought that up i was like i, I thought that was very yeah like I, i've never heard someone talk about that uh, praying for other people mm-hmm. yeah well, well it's it, it's a it's a common prayer in um in 
Buddhist traditions, right? Where it's, uh, uh, I hope every sentient being is free from suffering. I hope every sentient being is free from fear. Uh, I hope every sentient being um, finds happiness. You know, I hope, uh, and you just repeat that at the end of like, either you can repeat that as a mantra or you can just repeat it at the end of a, um, at, a at the end of a meditation session in order to kind of like secure or anchor the the meditation session with that prayer and i i think it just i think it it helps a lot when you have a connection to your your genuine desire to want to help others you know and it's not coming from like a phony place like when you actually want to connect to other people and you actually want to like help other people live better lives or just not suffer as much like i think it makes it easier for you because it's it's said that one of the three poisons is uh anger right and so I think anger can be very destructive for people. I think a lot of the medical literature has shown that having anger for a long time can cause all sorts of health problems. And um, maybe potentially the only way to really overcome anger is with something like loving kindness or with something like compassion. So you got to figure out ways to do it. And it's either acts of kindness or you pray. Yeah, well, I find that really interesting. And I guess, Neosh, I have a question for you because um, you mentioned that you had like a enlightenment experience. So is enlightenment, so let's say when your heart's open, is that, the, is that enlightenment or is it a state um, that's ongoing? Or is it, you're muted. Thanks. Enlightenment is an experience to go through the source and get to the the bottom of the source and come back. So uh, in meditation, you get into the the heart and to the soul and to the existence itself and then the pure consciousness and then dive into the the source and then after that after going inside the source and comes back At a certain point, you go over the line. And you come back from that point. And that's the enlightenment. So enlightenment is about reborn from the source. That's my understanding. And I want to uh, add uh, to what Logan talked about, the anger and the health. The anger actually uh, affects the liver and the fear affects kidneys. 
and sadness affect the lungs. So when we had that kind of energy accessed in our life, we have health problems. But there's a way to convert those emotional energy into life energy. And there's a, there's a way, uh, there's a path inside our body to to let through the emotional energy towards your brain. And if you develop that, you can transform all the past negative energy into life energy, and you will feel very strong. Uh, that's what I called uh, emotional alchemy. It took seven years to find this method and I'm teaching it to I don't know 500 people in Japan and uh, Josh is uh, practicing it every day and I do hope you have chance to to share this method to all of you I would love it I would love that That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I I know um uh yeah one time I like one time I asked you Miyoshi like how like it was about emotional alchemy but how negative emotions like you said we have more negative emotions than positive, um, and but like you can transmute anger into uh, like body strength, uh, like you shared that story, but I thought it was interesting because you mentioned that um, positive emotions like happiness, you can transmute that to like escape the mind. Uh, so, like, what what did you mean by that? I believe the life is about the joy, joy of. Uh, sharing and feeling the joy is our purpose of life and when we have negative emotions we can transform to strengthen our body and mind but positive emotions if we transform this emotion through that path inside our body it will make you feel light. It will make you feel vanishing into the air. And it's quite interesting to feel that. Because when the joy is extended, we might vanish into the air. I believe is that, it feels is that, great. Is that, would you say that we'd be transcending into different dimensions, like the fifth dimension? That's right. Okay. Do you, 
Okay, never mind. I was gonna ask a question that I, I feel like I know. But I was gonna ask. Um, well, I I forgot what I was gonna ask. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. It's kind of uh, it's exciting mm-hmm. to think about that. That we all humankind is pursuing the joy. And that's why we have all the sufferings. And when we end these sufferings, we will only have joy. And when we discover our joy of our souls, and we can transform the energy, we will be vanished into the air to the fifth dimension. Oh yeah, now I remember what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you uh, when you thought um, humanity would shift into the fifth dimension. Um, And then I realized that everyone has their own time. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, basically everyone has their own time. And it's basically whenever you, you yourself shift, uh, or increase your vibration high enough into the vibration of joy. So it's very individualistic. Um, but yeah, that was my question and answer. <laughs> I would like to touch on yeah. that. For a long time, I thought it was some kind of mechanical process to raise your vibration, to get from into whatever, into joy, into bliss, into peace. And though there are techniques that you can do to help, at the end of the day, you're already in the fifth dimension. Your being already resides there. It's about shifting your consciousness or your awareness into that domain. And that's not something that gets traversed through mental will or through action. It's a decision that you make. And the decision can only be made in your mind, in your awareness in your I am presence. And things like habit and repetition are very helpful and necessary. But at the end of the day, you can think of a state of being, you can think of an emotion or a memory perhaps where you felt a strong emotion and you can call that emotion back up right now. The same can also be said of emotions that you have not yet felt or an emotion that you are going to experience. You can be that now. And that takes no time or space to make that happen. It's an instantaneous decision. And the more you do that, the more you decide to be in that state of being, your subconscious mind, your spirit, what have you, that'll make it a habit. And then that will be the domain in which you operate on as default. So it's very, it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication to maintain that and to go through whatever you have to go through to be that. But at the same time, it doesn't take any effort at all. And that's that interesting dualistic nature of reality that we got. But at the end of the day, anybody can do it. So I just want to put I that can out definitely, there. Yeah. I can definitely, <clears throat> yeah, I can attest to that 100%. Like, I just experienced that last, this weekend, like when I, when I fought, 
um, I was able to visualize the state of mind I would be in before my fight, my walkout, and when I entered the cage. And um, I, I, my heart actually, my heartbeat increased and I got a little like sweaty. And when I ended up actually going into that, like when it actually happened, I didn't feel any ner- like any nerves really because I already experienced it. I put myself in that state before it even happened. So I was prepared mentally for it. So that's exactly the same thing if we want to enter the fifth dimension. Exactly the same thing. <laughs> now, this is very, very interesting because yeah, I think in the earlier of the conversation, someone mentioned like the heart is like a source of manifestation. Uh, and yeah, so like, is, is what you're saying, like when you're operating in the fifth dimension, that's like when you're, is that like the place where you can manifestation happens and you pull it down to, I guess, like where our reality I would like to say, it's a recent finding that I've had, is that all the dimensions are active in you right now, but past the third dimension, they're not physical anymore. So all the other dimensions, the fourth, fifth, sixth, so on, they reside within you, like within your internal world. The physical realm is only the external world, the realm of senses, the five senses. All the other dimensions are inside. So you could say that like, your fifth dimension is when your consciousness in your body is synced up to uh it's, a, it's fully harmonized with your let's say i am your awareness your consciousness your the primordial consciousness and then you could say something like the sixth dimension would just be pure formless awareness with no identification it's the realm of possibility anything's possible quantum field all that good stuff but the fifth dimension is when you're in that I am in that awareness detached from like you know that you are not from the body but you experience your mind body and emotions fully but knowing that you are your consciousness or your soul and you identify with your soul and then you still get to experience physical stuff whereas the sixth dimension would be just pure soul conscious awareness with no body or with no external impulses it's like completely detached from the world of forms but i think the fifth dimension is like where it's it's just a realm of consciousness so you don't actually go anywhere like you don't like boop i'm in a new planet now it's more like i am now in this certain state of being where i can live as my soul in human form so that's what Mm. i'd like to say about that Uh, I want to add something to that. Uh, I think the reality doesn't matter as you're stepping outside the reality. Because it has much more joy and power and everything you can feel in the that's in that state it will cover the, whatever happens in the reality, you have all the strength, you have all the confidence to take over. 
the reality. That's what I think. I'd love to chime in the conversation. Apologies for all my um, losing connection on my internet. I found that an interesting process. It's been lovely hearing you all talk on so many different levels uh, about the heart and the dimensions, about service, about practice. Uh, I'd like to touch base on a couple of things in relation to what we're talking about the heart and the structure of the heart first. What dwells within our heart, just as Nishisho is saying, we have this almost cathedral-like structure within the heart. In the center of the heart is housed the holy flame. And the holy flame is the Trinity, the eternal nature of your being of love, of wisdom, of truth. And this is actually a manifestation of your spirit, and this is also your gateway to your spirit. And through your spirit of your heart flame are the pillars of your multidimensional energy body. And on your left sits your feminine pillar, on the right your masculine pillar, and through the central pillar of your being, through your chakric column, is your soul pillar of truth. Within the heart as well, you have dimensions. And the dimensions relate also to your karma and your karmic experience on earth. And when you tune into the different dimensions, starting in the first dimension, this is your core experience of self and the karma that you hold as your personal experience. And the second dimension is where you hold karma with your intimate relationships and your experience of that. And the third relates to your family, your blood family. Your fourth dimension of the heart relates to your soul family and community around you. The fifth dimension relates to humanity. The sixth dimension relates to your experience of your higher self. And the seventh dimension of your heart relates to your karmic experience with God, with Source. And so this is just a very simple understanding and blueprint of the dimensions in the heart and the holy flame. And when you listen to your heart, when you listen to the dialogue of your emotions, of your mind, and of your body, you're able to understand where you're holding karma within your heart and where you need to travel within yourself to make reconciliation with that which is in separation from the eternal nature of your being, your holy flame. As spoken, this is like the mask of illusion. So within our karmic experience as well, we're given opportunities in life to make a choice. The choice to open our heart and bring acceptance, forgiveness and love 
to yourself and others. For often when people close their mind through judgment, they close their emotions and this then blocks the heart from experiencing the nature of love. So when we experience these levels of closure, this choice that we can make is that to be able to release our fear, release our desire, release our judgment, so that we can bring that reconciliation to the reflection that we are being given in life from another thing, an experience, whether it's collective, whether it's personal, and release our perception of judgment upon that. So why we close our heart is because we do this powerfully. We make a choice to powerfully close our mind, our emotions and our body to protect ourselves that we truly value and love, which is our holy flame. So we fall into the trap of illusion. When we fall into this trap of illusion, we blind ourselves and that part of our consciousness then gets stuck in a time reality. This is called memory. So when we start to cleanse and purify our heart, it's a very simple process of taking everything into this holy flame, the eternal nature of your being, and giving it back to God. And giving it back to God within, so that you can experience your true nature, the purity of that which you really are, that which knows no separation. When we're traversing our consciousness through dimensional reality, we're in agreement in relation to understanding the different dimension realities that we've been speaking about. But to also understand our presence sits in the sixth dimension of consciousness. And there are many more above that, which relate to different planetary systems and star gateways that return to source. And so through understanding my journeys of transformation through many teachings from extraordinary people and channels from enlightened masters and beings, A lot of the temple systems on the earth work to the 12th dimensional octave of this vibrational experience we call a dimension. And they go far beyond that as well. And so when we initiate our heart more deeply, and we open our heart more expansively beyond our physical body. We have the capacity to be able to open up into different gateways in the heart that relate to these planetary systems. This is known as the seven directions of the heart. 
one of the ways that we are able to access and open our hearts so powerfully and deeply in this way is by connecting into the heart of Mother Gaia and also into the heart of the sun. And so in a simple nutshell, this is what opens up our pillars of consciousness and our ability to be able to take our consciousness beyond our perception of physical, mental and emotional reality into the multi-dimensional reality. And opens up us into the realms of the angelic world, the archangelic world, and also into the realms of the enlightened masters. One of the keys to being able to travel into higher dimensional consciousness is your ability to be able to let go and surrender the mind and to be able to let go of the phenomena that is manifesting in your perceived perception of reality on the inner planes. For it is the mind that attaches to things that actually creates closure in these circumstances. So to practice neutrality and non-attachment is a huge key to opening the heart. For it is your spirit that is that which you enter into that enables you to experience and traverse the different realms of consciousness. When we bring our light to the darkness, it enables us to birth love. And this opens up our currency within our body, within our mind, within our emotions, within our soul, but also the ability for us to open to braiding to our spiritual nature a masculine, feminine spirit. So emergence takes place, a symbiosis of your being that then has the ability to be able to open up your awareness into understanding more deeply, more profoundly your true nature, your true purpose and your soul's journey and where you are at in your soul's journey. But when the soul travels in through many incarnations, it comes to create and we are creator beings. Then through your incarnations, a process takes place of the returning where you surrender your need to create for self. and you focus your awareness, your purpose, your path, that on returning to source. And through one of many paths, we talk of service, giving up the need to serve oneself and to purely focus on serving 
our own brothers and sisters, the natural world, humanity, for planetary ascension. So we're all here to create and to serve and to move forward in our lives in a way that is of the ultimate selfishness, which is selflessness. Where we place our heart, our mind, back into the heart of God and allow ourselves to be the vehicle for the divine to work through us for a greater purpose beyond self. Love is that of purity, of pure stillness, for it is the eternal that manifests through all of the infinite that is manifested physically and non-physically through our known and unknown universe. Love is our greatest protection when we experience adversity, for it melts away all illusion to bring us into that center so that we may return back into our heart, into the holy flame that we are, the Holy Spirit within. And thank you, that's my little sharing for this conversation. Very beautiful. I like that a lot. Thank you. James Doobie channeling, though. So in this beautiful moment of silence, as we drop deeper into our hearts, I invite you to just breathe into your holy flame within your heart. Without effort, with total grace and ease, and just allow yourself to experience your own holy flame expanding right now. And I invite you now to just imagine that we're all sitting in this beautiful circle together. And as we ignite these beautiful flames within our heart, we can connect these flames to each other. And create a beautiful Merkabah of energy. This mergence of our beautiful heart signatures, that which we are.
just breathing into this beautiful divine connection that we all hold that is eternal. And just allow yourself to cultivate this beautiful frequency within your being. We invite you to ground this into the earth. Just imagine yourself connecting down into the earth, into the heart of our beautiful Mother Gaia. Allowing this soft, warm energy to fill your being, fill this circle of us. And just with every breath now, let's just intend to expand this beautiful energy from our hearts out to our communities, out to our countries, out to our brothers and sisters of the earth. And ask for a great blessing for every heart of humanity to receive a beautiful ignition of their flame within their heart to expand their consciousness to give them hope to bring trust and faith into their being so that they may see a way forward in their life if they are in suffering, if they are in struggling. That they may receive the assistance, whether it is physical or non-physical around them for their journey in their life. Just bathe the world in your love. See the igniting of the light within all beings beginning to illuminate. Returning them to their source connection. And we all carry this beautiful beacon of light. To traverse the many initiations that are experienced on the soul's journey and purpose of creation and returning home. May all know the true power truth and wisdom of love they hold within. Blessed be all beings.
Yeah, I feel like that may be a good place to end. Um, th thanks so much for that, James. <clears throat> but um, but yeah, I'm just curious on last minute thoughts. I thought this, I did not expect this conversation to to go the way it did, but I think it was, yeah, I, there's a lot here. There's a lot that I, that I learned here. So yeah, this is, this is amazing. So thank you so much for, um, like every one of you guys for joining this and and like just sharing um like for me it was just very healing this this like talking about this and and yeah i i just maybe i need to think about this for a bit but this is a very healing um conversation for me so yeah th those are my thoughts <clears throat> i agree 100 percent um first thing i thought like as soon as we started to talk, I, I, I like soul family came up in my head and, uh, like, I, I think you guys could be my soul family, which is amazing because I don't know. It's just, I, th I think you guys might be my soul family. <laughs> I don't know. Just the connection that I feel. And like, I really, it's hard to meet people that are like, like-minded and, um, I just want to thank each and every one of you guys for doing everything you've done in your life, following your heart to get to this point and sharing the love and, you know, aiding, aiding in humanity in, in the ascension process. Um, you guys are insanely powerful beings and it's just amazing to me. So thank you. <clears throat> got a deep frog in my throat um it's been an absolute pleasure to hear from each one of you to share with each one of you um i myself am um, wildly fascinated with the power of myth especially within the context of the works of joseph campbell i'm sure some of you are familiar um and i feel like all of us in our own unique way you know showcase and house just the um, that testament or like what Ray said, you know, just following your passion, following your bliss, stepping into um, stepping into that and being in an example of that, you know, in so many ways, it's really dope. Like it's, it's really cool and how unique and expressive we can all be and how we've all learned these beyond just the linguistics, we've learned a language of our own self and how like although they're very diverse each one of our own like sort of mental heart-based sets they have so many overlapping sections and that's really beautiful because that's sacred geometry that's those are you know myriad center points within one whole a mandala effect so to speak and then as each center point radiates out in circumference those those you know those circumferences overlap and I guess that's relationship right so it's really cool to hear from all of you and how you're outlining your your hero's journey so to speak within the tradition that I think is eternal it carries on from you know beginning to end 
just a totality anyways. So upon this infinite journey, it's an absolute honor and respect to uh, meet all of you. Much love. Let us all communally drop our Instagrams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's. Make sure you guys see my fight. It's, it was fun. Yeah. So feel free to uh, show your Instagrams, and I'll make sure to in the, when I upload the podcast to have it in um in the link below. So. Okay. Um, thanks, Jeremy, for uh, setting everything up. Like, you're, it was amazing, bro. Like, yeah, that was legendary. The work, the work you put in to like connect us all is like God's work, man. And you tapped in to like actually do this, you know. So thank you. Yeah. Well, well like the thing is, like, I just had a feeling, like, if. I got like the eight, like the ten of us in a room. Uh, it, it would just be very interesting, and just to where this conversation would go, I think, I think is a healing for a lot of people because, because yeah, like when I look at society, like I think we're not necessarily taught how to um, like open our heart or like how to be more aligned with ourselves or even just how to like relieve traumas mm-hmm. and. And yeah, I think that, um, I guess for me, like conversation has always been very healing. And like me and Keith have always had like very deep conversations just about like different ideas. But, but, um, but yeah, I think that like, I don't know how this, I think everything happens for a reason. And I don't know how all of us gone in, in the same room, but I think that a lot of people can benefit from like everything each one of us has, has mentioned right like different parts like i've t- pulled away a lot from this conversation um and that's why i like to have conversations with multiple people because uh there's lots of different people that can relate with each one of us so yeah so i guess i just want to thank each and every one of you guys for um yeah for doing what you're doing and like being the individuals in the world that you are and following your heart and and yeah i just wish everyone not wish i already know like great success and health and everything that you want will come to be. And uh, I'm just very happy for the future. So yeah, this is awesome. Thanks. I guess any last minute thoughts for anyone? And love you guys. Thank you. I'd love to thank everyone as well. Um, it, what a beautiful group of men we got here. Um, it's so special. And, you know, one, one thing that I came to realize and understanding everyone in where their journey and where people are needed is to just kind of really context it of understanding like the three, three levels of spiritual uh, initiation. And a lot of people start in personal development um, and then their path changes and they go into self-realization uh, and they go through all their self-realization initiations and um, self-actuation and that brings them to their path of enlightenment and that is one of the biggest gifts that can actually take place for someone uh, 
is to step through, even if it's just onto personal development in this in, in, in incarnation, uh, and to know that the right people will show up at the right time for the right reason, and that you'll be purely guided by your higher consciousness, your future self, your you know, your avatar that you are, and that there is a process of them drawing you forward into the future and to trust that and trust that every initiation uh, has a purpose in your life it's such a beautiful thing to actually step onto the spiritual path is you can all attest to and for the listeners to know that deep down inside of them they have the capacity to self-realize and enlighten that this is not exclusive to the few, but this is a birthright for all. So I really thank you. Thank you for taking the time to come together like this. It's been really beautiful. <clears throat> Even a dog has Buddha nature. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the other I thank everyone things that. Yeah, there's the, it's very interesting. The, the Buddha nature is wonderful. You know, it's a very internal path to God, and to understand also um, the, the the Christ path as well. The Christ path is extraordinary in its own right, and and also gives a beautiful kind of blueprint of how to participate and exi exist in the world. And you know, having having like relating it to the universal laws, having having the moral code and the moral compass to understand, you know, love, wisdom, faith, divinity, truth, all these wonderful principles and actually live by these wonderful universal laws that actually bring us into the integrity that we need to hold our consciousness in a high state of being. And that's also a key of how to actually stay in your highest state of consciousness is by you know, li living to code, I call it, you know, living living with the universal laws or the universal principles that are in, impermeable. They, they are a constant, just like love is eternal. And that, that gives you the strength and your spiritual journey. So thank you guys, really wonderful. Thanks guys. Well, I thank everyone for participating in this, and I personally thank—I want to thank Jeremy to mm. put together this beautiful moment. And uh, we are now know each other. We are sharing our joy and experience, so we can we can go on this connection network as we go through our path, and it's going to be beautiful. The world has many difficulties still, but if we all get together and go towards the, the path of joy of our life, it will go better. That's what I believe. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.